0: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 4. Today this is going to be a solo episode, just letting you know right now that there is no special guest, but next week there will be. I just thought for the topic that I'm discussing today, basically I'm going to talk about how I got into my career and the stuff that I did, but I I thought it was a bit awkward if I get someone on and kind of force them to ask me about it, be like, how did you get I mean." So I just thought, let me just do it by myself and next week we'll get back to other people. Because, I mean, this is called Working Girl and I've not even told the story of how I've gotten to my apprenticeship and stuff like that. I thought I'd just explain a little bit about it. Thank you for tuning in. And what the hell, guys? There are Americans listening to this. Hello, Americans. <laughs> I am so intrigued into what, why are they listening? I mean, I appreciate it. But, what, like, is it the accent? Is it the culture? I mean, what culture? Like, I don't know. But hello. Before I get started, I must say that we are going to get better audio quality because I am looking at getting you know, all the equipment and you know initially you might think you just need a microphone, but that is not true. You need the microphones. And I'm think I think I'm gonna get three because I think I won't really have more than three people on ever. Including myself obviously. You need the microphones, you need the headphones, you need the audio interface, you need the microphone stands, you need the headphones. I think I said headphones what else do you need? You need like the um, pop filters so that the audio quality is good and oh my god there's just a lot to it but I thought I could have started the podcast when I'd gotten all of this stuff but I thought I'd, I wanted to start it sooner rather than later and the audio quality will improve and it's not like the worst audio quality. The thing that happened in the last episode for that There's a few minutes where the quality just went really bad. It wasn't even whilst I was recording, it was whilst I was editing it. The quality just vanished. It went to shite, pardon my French. I couldn't get it back. I tried to get it back to what it was and I just couldn't. Hopefully that won't ever happen again. Look forward to amazing audio quality. I'm going to be so excited to listen back to it when the quality is really good. But anyway, yeah. So my journey with my career kind of started with taking... Economics for GCSE. Not a lot of schools offer economics for GCSE, but Girls High did, luckily. I did find it quite interesting, first of all. Second of all, it came quite naturally to me. You know, I remember my teacher doing a lesson on the highest paying degrees and economics was one of them. So the fact that I enjoyed it, I found it interesting, it was well paid and it came naturally. Why would I not want to start a career in it? So I kind of, from early on i found it interesting then going into sixth form initially i was actually meant to go to burtdale thank god i didn't oh my goodness can you imagine i would have had to do economics and business as separate subjects but luckily at silverdale they do economics b which is economics and business as a joint subject the b stands for business economics b economics slash business you know so i took economics b i took maths because maths is just a good a level to have right I took geography because initially I was going to do economics, business and maths, but, you know, economics being not only one. So I had another space, took geography because I really enjoyed it at GCSE. I know that's quite an unpopular opinion, but I, I love geography. I think it's because I like nature and I'm talking about physical geography here. Human geography, not for me. Human geography is good because there's quite a bit of economics in it with globalisation and whatnot but personally I find physical geography more interesting. Geography was kind of my subject that I did for my own pleasure and it turned out to be awful but I mean I still enjoyed it. The thing is I loved all the people in my lessons Well, I don't mean all the people in my lesson I mean in all three subjects I loved the people. So then my love for economics grew even more because I loved the teachers and also, the whole first year of economics at sixth form was kind of like my GCSE. Because obviously nobody had done economics GCSE, so it was like all demand and supply and inelastic, inelastic demand and supply. And I had already done that, so I was relaxing for the whole first year. And then second year wasn't that much harder. I don't know, I just really liked economics at school and outside of school. Because I had not done any work experience due to COVID at Girls High, when we were meant to do it, you know, that's really when COVID started kicking in and everything was shut. We just couldn't do it for obvious reasons. Not having any work experience is quite a disadvantage, really, because, I mean, obviously it looks good when you're applying to places. At the same time, it's how you kind of discover what you like and what you don't like. So I didn't really have a chance to do that. Don't know how I've not mentioned this yet. I found that it's a really useful tool. Young Professionals, they've got an Instagram page. I think they probably have a website, but basically what I did was I signed up for these emails and they send you emails upon emails of these virtual webinars and work experience that you can sign up to with lots of different companies, the finance sector, engineering, STEM, technology. Is that in STEM? I don't know. I think it was really, really useful because you could just go to these virtual webinars, still in the time of COVID, this was. Now they're doing more in-person stuff, which should be exciting, but I don't really need to go to them anymore. They would do, like, these finance webinars where it would be, like, quite a few different companies or banks would talk about what they do and what they offer you get the recruitment teams talking about what they look for in the applicants you know what makes you stand out although I do find honestly that what makes you stand out is quite generic usually because it's just like be confident in yourself but everyone knows that but obviously it's still useful because it's the actual recruitment teams that you will be applying to. I found out about St James's Place. You know, there was loads of different things, HSBC, Goldman Sachs, I'm sure many of us, I just can't remember. St James's Place caught my eye because it was a wealth management firm. And wealth management is something that has interested me. I don't know when it sparked my interest or when I figured it out, probably from these webinars. What wealth management is, to me, I mean, it might not be, no, I'm pretty sure it is, but... It's basically people give you their money and you invest it for them. These investments can be short-term, long-term, whatever, in bonds, properties, all sorts. And then the return on investment, you get a commission from that, pretty sure. <laughs> that interested me because I love having like a client relationship. The idea of that is really appealing. Then also the fact that I would probably learn where to invest and what investments were the best to make. In investing other people's money, you know, I'm testing it with other people's money. Probably not the best thing to say, testing it with other people's money. I thought that's what I want to go into. St James's Place is a firm purely based on wealth management. I applied for the work experience, that was great, loved it. The apprenticeship wasn't out straight away, I was waiting. Once it came out, I went on to the application and I was you know filling it out and then there was these two questions that were 250 words which is quite common with degree apprenticeships they ask you like these motivational questions like why do you want to do it and whatever to answer these questions you need to research the company you need to show genuine interest even if it's written and not an interview question I copied and pasted the questions went away and tried to write the best answer I could by the time I'd come back the applications would close basically so you know <laughs> one door closes and another one opens it's okay I mean I was quite upset but it's all right I wasn't too attached to it it actually was a blessing in disguise when I look back because I was based in like oh, I don't even know I think it's Chichester is that even a place somewhere a little village in the south maybe that's not very small just down south anywhere I would have had to pay for my own accommodation I would be living on my own or in uni accommodation if they even have that down there I mean obviously I know they have it down south but in chichester or wherever i'd be it's a very common thing to have to pay for your own accommodation but if i don't have to i don't want a large chunk of my salary going to accommodation so the work experience from sjp kind of cemented in my head that i wanted to do wealth management and then time goes on young professionals are still going to all these virtual webinars. Uh, HSBC work experience comes up so I'm like yeah sign me up darling I'll do that there was an online assessment I can't remember guys I was looking at my emails to kind of get the story straight and so it's not all over the place the work experience there was two things involved an online assessment and the telephone interview and I can't remember if the online assessment was actually like an assessment or it was just a kind of form to fill out don't take my word on either I I really can't remember so applied for HSBC work experience did that, did the telephone interview. I got it. Whilst I was applying for the work experience, I went onto the HSBC website and it said that the degree apprenticeship applications were closed. So I was quite upset. Not looking great here. Regardless, I signed up for like the email update sort of thing. So it would kinda on careers, like on internships and stuff like that, you could still get information about that. And then they do their own webinars as well, I think. In the meantime, I had applied for quite a few other degree friendships in finance. So I applied for the Bank of England and I applied for this BP financial something to do with, you know, finance. I don't know. And for both of them, I didn't really care. So the application just kind of went to nothing. With BP, I didn't go on the website soon enough. So my application just got cancelled. You know, when you don't care about something, you're just not going to make an effort for the application to be good. It was the same with the Bank of England. The answers to the questions were absolutely rubbish. Like, I can't even describe how bad they were. I'd also applied for Rolls-Royce project management degree apprenticeship and I had just applied too late and they said all the spaces had been filled up but they offered me this other one supply chain management I didn't want to do that personally not really what interests me so it still wasn't looking too great all of a sudden I get an email in my inbox saying the applications for degree apprenticeships at HSBC are open Oh, my God. I rush onto the website, apply, like, one of the first to apply, probably because I was so quick to it, which is something I learned over time. Key takeaway, apply as soon as you can to these degree apprentices. Like, SJP, they can close the applications early if they want to. With Rolls-Royce, I applied, but they said that they had filled up already, so, you know, you just have to be careful. So yeah, with HSBC, I applied early. There were loads of different assessments. Guys, I'm not going to lie, there were loads of assessments. But don't let that put you off because it is worth it in the end. Honestly, they're not too difficult. I don't remember in what order they were. There was maths ones, there was literacy, there was job, job simulation, video interview questions, these emails that you had to reply back to as if you were in the business. It was all very easy to use and navigate. The maths one I'm not going to like, like it's not, you don't need to have an A-level of maths to do it, it's not that sort of maths, it's like patterns and stuff like that, but my goodness, you know, it took some time, luckily, there's no time limit, so you can just keep going. With the video interview questions, there are. Then the final stage is the assessment centre, which is actually the interview. It's a virtual assessment centre, I'm not sure if next year they'll do it in person, but for me it was virtual, and basically what happens is you go onto the zoom call you're with a few other applicants i was with probably six or seven and then you get assigned to someone at hsbc and you get put into these breakout rooms they ask you questions and then you go back in to the big room virtually you get put into a a breakout room with a different person from hsbc and they interview you so there's two rounds There are different types of questions, honestly guys, I can't, I wish I could remember, I can't. In the middle of all of these assessments was my work experience. It was a five day work experience and one day was in person, the rest were virtual. I mean, I was assigned to this like senior manager, I don't know, maybe I won't say his name. I think even going into the office was so cool because it's gorgeous, like the building is so nice. I thought it was a really good opportunity to ask him questions for me. It was like a six or seven hour long conversation. He told me about wealth management HSBC what I could kind of go into so it was really useful and I think maybe he put a good word in for me for my apprenticeship application which was obviously useful and I think doing the work experience shows that you are passionate and I know that definitely mentioning it in my interview but when I was doing the work experience it was really you know it just sounds really good that you've done the work experience you've been proactive so then after the work experience I went on holiday and my assessment centre was actually abroad I had to do it on my laptop on holiday and it was quite stressful. Wi-Fi was quite temperamental, but you know, I had to pack a blazer in the suitcase, which is quite odd. I passed eventually, I found out, but it was quite a stressful ordeal. I honestly, what happened was, it was the day before A-level results date. I get an email saying, congratulations, so you've got it. You've got the apprenticeship. After all that, guys, this was months of assessments. And then an hour later, I got an email saying, darling, that was an accident. And you actually didn't get it. You are, however, a reserve for the programme. I was devastated. I was so upset. I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I didn't know if I should have emailed back. And my parents were furious as well. I was kind of depending on it. I had not applied to uni. It was either this or nothing a gap year we were trying to rally up our contacts if we had any at hsbc to kind of have a word in the meantime my parents took me out for a meal my sis came back from derby i was discussing like what i'd do my backup plan and i just hadn't thought of one because i was so sure i was gonna get it i didn't mind my gap year plan to be honest it would have been charity work like abroad in Yemen or Africa or somewhere. I need to do that at some point. I think I might do it at the end of my apprenticeship because it's something I really want to do. I love it so... I love the idea of it so much. Honestly, I can't even explain. So then my plan was to do... A large chunk of it would be, like, human humanitarian. Human work, right, with humans. I would also want to go to, like, an animal sanctuary and live on an animal sanctuary and volunteer with the animals. Oh, my God, I just i have to do that like with animals can you i mean elephants i love elephants and animals and to work in like the wild with elephants oh my god please like i'm gonna do that at some point oh my god it's so exciting to me so like it wasn't the end of the world but i'm not gonna lie it wasn't what i wanted to do like at that moment in time i just wanted the apprenticeship it's kind of what i had planned for in my head There was nothing else going on. The next day rolls around, my results day. I opened my results and I'm slightly disappointed. I got BBB, not the worst results in the world, but really not what I wanted. I did want AAA, (laughs) but that didn't happen. Not in the best mood because I found out that I didn't get the apprenticeship. Those two things weren't great. Got home, if you listen to my first episode, the pilot episode, I explained how I did my AMP marketing interview as soon as I got home from my results day. I wasn't thinking straight when I was doing that interview and obviously I didn't get it they were asking why I wanted it I didn't want it it was the last thing I was thinking of ant marketing why do I want to work for ant marketing how am I meant to come up with an answer in two seconds it was the last thing on my mind run myself a bath just want to chill out a little bit and then obviously get ready to go out because it's results day I was doing my makeup and then all of a sudden I get a call from an unknown number and it's this woman that i've kind of been through the whole application process with i'd spoken to her quite a bit and through the work experience i'd actually emailed her she's quite kind of at the forefront of the recruitment process so she rang me and she was like "Hello," i was like yes hello who the hell is this she was like, You've got the apprenticeship. And I was like, Oh my God, are you being serious? Tears streaming. The me- makeup was ruined. I think she was getting emotional. But yeah, it's just a rollercoaster of emotions to say the least. At the end of the day, I was happy. I got the apprenticeship and that's all I wanted. And. All of the in-between bits didn't really matter. The cause of it, I think, was just a mess up. Something happened with the spreadsheets, but she was like, I remember you. She was like, I knew you had gotten it, and I was so confused. That has kind of been my whirlwind of a journey to my career, and I've not even started my apprenticeship but i already love it we've basically had loads of like onboarding things i have a buddy in the year above and he's really helped explain a few things giving me some tips and tricks it's just so exciting i think the key takeaways from me talking about this are do your research be proactive sign up for the young professionals emails they are really useful probably the cause of me finding out about hsbc and all of these things i wouldn't have done it without them god that sounds a bit cringy doesn't it but there are also loads of different websites for degree apprenticeships like not going to uni i know is one that's the only one i can remember but if you just type in degree apprenticeships uk or whatever city you're in they'll come up but honestly be proactive don't be lazy and i think the sooner you decide what you kind of want to go into the better because you can do more work experience i'm adding this in right I've just woken up my mum every single day if she's working right before she leaves I'm half asleep she'll tell me something to do it's so simple I'm not saying she's saying like clean the house or something I mean I do that a lot anyway just so (laughs) but she'll literally say two or three things for me to do whilst I'm half asleep I never remember it ever 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 like, now I've just woken up and I remember she told me not to tidy up the rooms because she left paper out, like, sheets of paper and she needs to organise them. But then there was another thing and I can't remember. And the thing is, I always tell her, don't tell me stuff when I, when you're leaving because I won't remember what you said. Just text me later on and I'll read it when I'm awake. But she never does. Literally. <laughs> and then this morning she was like, don't forget what I said. Also, right, yesterday I woke up at, like, 6 no seven-ish by accident and prince was meowing my cat right let me just go feed him now and then i'll go back to sleep i did that just before my mum's leaving for work like i can hear walking around rushing around you know and she goes have you fed prince i was like yeah and she was like okay later on i call her and she goes you know you never fed prince i was like what (laughs) (laughs) what are you on about? Of course I did. I literally went downstairs and fed him, gave him a whole new pouch of food. And she was like, there was no bowl there. There was no food bowl. And I was like, you are joking. I never went down and fed him. That was literally in my imagination. That's kind of scary, isn't it? What I actually did was I, I, <laughs> I ignored Prince. <laughs> I came back in my room and I locked the doors so he wouldn't come in and disturb me because he like... It is quite annoying, if I'm being honest. Like Now I have to text my mum and say, what was the other thing you said? I literally do this every single morning. It's really, really frustrating. Moving on. I felt honestly, I need a jingle so bad. Should we look at jingles on YouTube, guys? It's absolutely ridiculous. I looked once and it's like, who uses these? Are you ready? Hold on, you're not ready. That's not even one, that's the introduction. we think guys maybe we should have a vote which one you like the most Whoa. <laughs> Oh my god Oh my god You get the point, there's like no jingles. I wanted to talk a bit about mindset and I think I've noticed it in a few people at uni and it's just slightly depressing. A lot of people view the future kind of in the wrong way. I don't know how else to say it. I think a lot of people think that their life is gonna get better at a certain stage. And it can be so small, for example, thinking that like, no, I'll be happy when I get sixth form. And then they're gonna be like, no, I'll be happy when I'm at uni. I'll be happy when I get into a stable career. Or I'll be happy when I start a family. I'll be happy when I have a husband. I can tell you now, you're just going to keep chasing that happiness because it's never going to come. You're always going to want more. And as humans, we do kind of want more all the time. But you need to kind of start living now. Like you need to enjoy the current moment. And it's hard. It's so much easier said than done, especially if you're not enjoying what you're doing right now. It's hard. You need to just see the good in things. I think people really like to see the bad in things. I can't be around people like that because it's just so... How are you going through your life like that? Like, it's really not very healthy. Just moving to Silverdale, all of these new people that I'd never met before, getting to know them and everything about them. Like, I loved every single person there. Every single person that I had more than one conversation with. They mean so much to me because I don't know, like, I just appreciate everyone's friendship and I think that everyone has these little quirks that are so interesting but you have to genuinely find it's so cringy but the beauty in everything like just nature going on a walk honestly you're going to be in a vicious cycle thinking you're going to be happy at a certain stage but you need to be happy at every stage because it's just life you're always going to keep wanting more and you're never going to actually get that you're going to get to the family and a stable a somewhat stable career and you're going to go No, I'll be happy when I retire. It's like, well, bloody hell, you'll be happy when you're dead. Do you know what I mean? So you kind of just have to start enjoying them now and find beauty in everything. And the small things, like, oh, my God, I loved sixth form so much. You go in in a bad mood and someone makes you laugh and you just forget you're in a bad mood completely i just think people and friendships and relationships are so special and you really need to find beauty in that do you know what i mean because it is what keeps you going and the animals oh my god prince is like the love of my life do you know what i mean like i can <laughs> oh my god he's got a harness guys he has a harness we, we're trying to train him to go on walks I'm not sure how that's going he escaped from the harness in the garden i was walking around the garden and he just ran out and i thought Do you know what you're only ruining your own chances darling because what like you're not going to be able to go on walks and like at the pizza district or redmires it's literally your own loss darling so he needs to kind of fix up going back to mindset yeah like honestly like i've said it's easier said than done trying to be happy all the time and you're not going to be happy all the time i'm not saying that try and enjoy the little things relationships family friendships nature animals just enjoy like the really tiny things what big things are gonna make you happy like materialistic things like freaking out it gives me like two seconds of happiness and it's a shallow feeling you get from that anyway i think religion as well islam i'm gonna talk about islam in my next episode because it's something i've been dying to talk about i have been dying to talk about it it really makes me sad that i've not talked about it yet but next episode hopefully if things go to plan i will be talking about islam yeah i'm not gonna talk about it now because i want to talk about it then it's not easy trying to find the good in things all the time and i have i've not now i am now one of the main words to describe myself i would say is positive but i've not always been like this the thing is it's so much easier to complain and be negative it's so much easier and as humans we love to do it why like you've got so much to be happy about and you're so lucky even to be listening to this it means that you have technology and wi-fi you are so blessed and i think be more grateful it's so hard though i know it's hard if you're not in a great place i know try and see the positive in things and life will become a lot better i think a a, a thing that helps is islam as well so beautiful guys i cannot wait to talk about it i'm so beyond excited because it's such a huge thing in my life right Going back to the mindset thing, I think the main thing I want people to take away, if anything, from this part of the podcast is that if you know deep down you're listening to this and you're thinking, do you know what, I am that type of person that is kind of waiting to be happy, waiting for the next best thing. And I'm not saying don't have goals. You should really, really have goals. If you don't have goals, I'm worried. You know, because I was saying don't wait for the next thing to be happy. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be striving for the next thing, but just be happy right now with what you have. You've got to be happy in the present all the time, no matter what you have. And it's hard. Like we said, we know it's all hard. At the end of the day, we've all kind of been a bit down, some more than others. But you need to step out of the victim state and stop feeling sorry for yourself. Obviously, I don't know your, I don't know your situation and I don't know what is making you upset. And it only kind of applies to however many people. But stop making yourself a victim. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. It's a conscious choice you have to make. You don't just feel happy all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? You have to make an effort to get out of that bad place, i.e. a negative mindset. I hope that's been helpful, even just for one person. If the shoe fits, wear it darling, wear it. Another thing is surround yourself with positive people, that also really, really makes a difference. I think that's all. For this episode thank you so much for listening i hope it's helped in one way or another i will see you next time follow on whatever platform you're listening on leave a rating maybe a review if you're feeling up for it and i don't know go for it you know what i mean but see you next time ciao